Welcome to Racing Only Better. It's a punches down special. It's the finale of the Irish National Hunt season. And we're here to mark a card for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Hopefully some winners. There's going to be plenty of Guinness drank this week, I can tell you. Not just by Tony Calvin who's coming over to clear us out of our gin stocks, but we are very much looking forward to the best week in Irish National Hunt racing. Isn't that right, Kevin Blake? And good evening, all me jolly lads. I'm glad to find you well. Will you kindly gather around me now in a story? I will tell all about Pontestown Festival, Hugh. Can't wait. I can't wait. I tell you what, and Tony Calvin's coming over here to, to experience the finest of Irish hospitality. TC, I have everybody on high alert to look after you, to mind you, to walk you around to all the best spots and show you the finest of Ireland. There's more to Ireland than this. He's even trying to fit in by having his tooth out. I lost my tooth twice since I've had the temporary bridging, and I'm still thinking. Anyway, so I'm. I'm probably odds against for it to last, but I'm telling you now, if anybody comes up to me on track and even just gives me a slap around there, <laughs> yeah. that, that stand-down scrap on Saturday is going to be like small beer. Yeah. Well, me, and, me, me and Kevin are your personal on-hire bodyguards for the week, so nobody will dare come near you. I can tell you that much. If Dan, if Dan Barber was over, we'd have him on our trio as well, and we, geez, we'd have every fence covered. But Dan, are you coming over this week? <laughs> no, I was supposed to be, and then uh, I the snooker, got, snooker got in the way on Thursday. I did. Um, I was very flattered by you mentioning me again last week, Hubert, that about bringing us. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you know, listen. I, I don't mind it anyway, but particularly don't mind it when he comes from three physical titans of the male form of youth race. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> physical <laughs> titans. Well, between the three of us, if he took our best bits, we might turn out okay. Yeah, <laughs> we might we might make one ravishing Rick Rue between us. What do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's crack on. Let's crack on. We've got uh, eight races to cover, of course, all the great ones, all the great ones, of course. Uh, Tuesday, we're going to kick off. We have a money back special to tell you about on Wednesday, it's on our novice hurdle. Money back as a free bet if your horse fails to place sportsbook or exchange. I'll tell you uh, about that as we get closer to the race, 5.20 on Wednesday. We're starting off with the 4.15 on Tuesday. It might be a short conversation. Well, it is if you're asking me. Nobody is. So Sir Gerhard, 8-13 to 13 here, and he's value at that, lads. Dice are Dynamo, 15-8, to eight, of course, a faller at Cheltenham. You've got Mighty Potter in there. Kevin's pick, who, who absolutely will not win this race. Vina Ardanza at 33s, and Gatsby Gray at 40 to 1. Kevin Blake, Sir Gerhard wins this race. Agree with me, or I'll beat the crap out of you. That's <laughs> good luck with that project. Um, he probably will, in fairness. He probably will. Um, like, look, in fairness, he probably should have been running in the Supreme Novices at Cheltenham. Um, they just, uh, you know, bottled it, really, and took the easier option. He pulled like a Mustang and still won anyway. I'd say he'll be much happier back at two miles. Um, and with Dicer Dynamo, his stablemate in there, who would probably go a, a good strong gallop in front, that should uh, that'll play to Sir Gerhardt's strength. And look, he's probably going to go and win. And my natural inclination would be to give Mighty Potter another chance. Um, I, I did like him all the way through for the Supreme Novices. I wasn't one bit happy, kind of from the get go. To be honest, he, he looked uncomfortable. He looked like he was hanging to me, um, and was eventually pulled up after making a mistake. He's surely much better than that. Um, and look, if you if you are of a forgiving nature, he's a big price. Uh, you know, five runners, two places. It's not the world's most attractive shape, but I'd be hoping to see more from him. But look, even on his best day, to be honest, I'd be surprised if he if he could beat Sir Gerhard. Are you suggesting that I, I wouldn't take your seven and zero boxing record off? Is that, is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying, Kev? 
uh, have been retired for eight years, Hugh, but I'd make you about a 25 to one shot, to be honest. 20 to you're, <laughs> you're this absolute rubbish, Tony Cobb. Anyway, so Gerhard, Tony Cobb wins. What do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you've been active in the markets because you actually opened up at even money, you. Oh, lovely, yeah. I took, I took all of that, TC, every bit of it, every single last drop. Oh. He's going to win. He's going to win comfortably here. I think so, yeah. I've got nothing more to add than to what Kev said, really. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the value's kind of like been dragged out of him now, didn't he? About eight to eight to 13. But if you're on early even money, you're obviously on a very good bet. And yeah, I just think he's obviously the, the form's been frank since Cheltenham uh, with the mm. runner up winning at eight three. And yeah, he's, I, I think he'll just win. I t- I, the only question, Dan Barber, is look, we. There is the element of the unknown about Dyson Dynamo because he fell in the Supreme and because we didn't get to see him up against comparatively as a measurement yard against Constitution Hill or even John Bond. So we don't really know how good he is. Um, and, and that's the only element of the unknown here, right? Yeah, though I don't think I don't think if you'd have priced up this match at Cheltenham had they both gone to the Supreme, it wouldn't be as, as skewed as it is now. Um, there's obviously Cheltenham's a massive significance because it's the most crucial bit of form we've got to date, but... Dice at Dynamo would not have been two to one in a match to beat um Gerhard had they gone for the Supreme. Trouble is, Dice at Dynamo pretty much harmed his reputation, didn't he? And to be fair, there's a winner's come out of that race as well. John Bond went on and, and won at Aintree. He did. Um, but it was just the way he jumped, I wasn't particularly keen on. Of course, the jockey bookings are gonna the price will be factoring that in as well. And I think that probably goes for the later one later race we'll discuss. My instinct is to back Dysart Dynamo and hope it all comes together because the last time Sagerhard ran over two miles, he didn't jump half as well as he did over two and a half. But it'd be a, a decidedly weak view, that. And Dysart did harm his reputation, didn't he? he? He didn't behave at the start. He was headstrong and he didn't jump very fluently either. Yeah. OK, so, all right. Well, let's move on to the next one. Everyone thinks Sagerhard's going to win this. So we'll move on to... Uh, the two-mile chase then, the uh, 5.25 on the card. If you double Tony Calvin, Energamine, 8 to 13, <laughs> and Sir Gerhard, 8 to 13, 1.61 to 1. So 10 euro will get you 26 back, including your tenor stake. I think I'll be up to me nuts in, you know what. What do you reckon? I reckon you're about a 1,000 to have worked out that, that bet out yourself. <laughs> no, I was, using, I was using the bet calculator on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, so Barry just told you what odds are working. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used the back calculator on my phone and put it in. No, I'd, I'd rather be with uh, Shakan. No, no. Yeah, no. both fighting to eight. Yeah, we love Is this a flat track at Punchestown and how and this has delivered his best performances last year? He was jaw droppingly good here. Is that why? Yeah, basically. Um, and obviously, we don't know how, how good he would have been at Cheltenham. Um, you suspect the way he was going when he fell stroke unseated five out that and the way that race panned out, it had probably been second at worst if he'd have given his running. And yeah, I mean, obviously we don't know how good he was before that. I mean, you can pick holes in the in the reappearance win, but yeah, given given his level of form at his best, um, yeah, I'd I'd probably side with um 13 to 8 over 8 to 13. But to be perfectly honest with you, I it's an empty tip because I probably won't be having a bet in the race. Can I, can I interest you, Tony Calvin, in the reverse forecast here? And Nergamin and Shaka Bersois. You want to follow me over that cliff, holding hands? I think you could have stopped when you said, can you interest me? And I, <laughs> I would have said no right there. Jesus, lads, I'm getting it from all angles today. What about you, Dan Barber? Shaka and Nergamin, settle the debate. I've, 
I'm with TC and I'm going to oh. back this horse. I mean, look, he's, he's record in Ireland is absolutely sensational. The last horse to beat him was when he was undercooked and Aplutard beat him in a bit of a slog of a grade one at, at Christmas time at Leopardstown. Since yeah. then, he's taken scalps like, let's remember, Min, Alaho, Fakir Dudery. I mean, he's he's basically flawless in Ireland. I mean, there's a slight niggle that the twice, twice he's running Britain or he's run three times in Britain, but the last twice Patrick's ridden him and one he finished last and the other he unseated. But I'm I'm not so much concerned about that. Just the fact that he's been absolutely mustered on his home territory. I almost think until until evidence proves otherwise, Shaq and Porsoir should be favourite for every two mile race he runs in. in, oh, in well, okay, well let me let me let me put it another way, Kevin Blake. How close does Shaq and Porsoir get to Shishkin at Askish? In the Tingle Creek. How close is he? Can he get within the length? Because if he doesn't get within the length, then it's absolute rubbish what the lads have said. Rubbish. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You'll remember, Hugh, now all through the spring and winter, I was kind of saying, don't forget about Shackhand. Don't forget about Shackhand. So, mm. like, he, he, there is a case to be made that his form is better than Argamines. Certainly, uh, yeah, like, he's rated higher than him. Um, and look, on his very best day, like, he's brilliant. And he's been really, really good the two times we've seen him around Punchestown. In fairness to an argument, he was brilliant the day we saw him in Punchestown as well. He, he last year he he made a Jan, you know, grade one winner Janitor look like an absolute mug. So uh, it's a proper horse race, in fairness. Um, and look, the odds are probably a little bit further apart than they need to be. So if you if you made me have a bet, it's probably Shakan. Um Patrick takes the ride on Shakan again. And um, Danny Mullins left in the waiting room again. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I'd like to hear that question asked, you know, Willie, just, you know, is there any, has Danny fallen down the pecking order or what? Because he, he seems to get left in the waiting room a lot in these situations. That, like, I, I'd be, a, you know, I had a big regard for Danny. Um, yeah. And that, that's not a knock on Patrick, but, you know, Danny's, a, you know, a very good professional and Patrick's a very good amateur. Um, and if you gave if you gave me the choice in a situation like this, I'd, I'd be going with Danny with no disrespect to Patrick. But mm. um, yeah, it, it, it's it's a really good race now. I'm looking forward to one of the race, one of the clashes of the week. Brilliant, dare say. Take us great, great. The Willie's running a few of these horses against each other, isn't it? Uh, Dice yeah. or Dynamos or yeah. Gerhardt, you know. Um, yeah. Nice to sure, see. It would be fairly, it would be fairly sparse if he didn't. Do we still think the uh, Anergamine Shishkin race at Ascot was the best best race ever in history? Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah, it was up there. Um, Tony, 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 Tony. If if you take my my short price double of Nergamine and Sir Gerhard, and you throw in Bob Ollinger in the three mile novice race at eleven to ten, it's four point eight three to one. The three. How about that, TC? Can I tempt you? Can I tempt you? If if I'm going to have a bet outside of the two races, I'll come to in a moment. It will probably be laying Bob Bollinger if I can get him in a tank around about six to four and have the field running thing at four to six. You got a horse that finished. Well, you know, he'd won on sufferance, didn't he, uh, mm. uh, Cheltenham? He was, like, hating it all the way up there. First time tongue-tied, up to three miles. You know, they said he'd come back with a, a pool of muscle, was it, at um, yeah. Cheltenham? But I think he's got a lot to prove here. I mean, obviously, he was very good before that, but just look at that Cheltenham run. Yeah, I wouldn't want to okay. be. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near him. At six. Right, I'll take six to four off you all day long, Bob Ollinger. Right, Dan, give us. Bob Ollinger wins this. My treble comes good, and I have my money made for the week. Happy days, isn't it? Isn't life easy, Dan? Isn't it? Yeah, I do get the feeling though there'll be a lot of people taking the same route as Tony there. Whether if you can lay him at six, not not many people are going to want to back him out. They have to Cheltenham head on one side, crawling up the running, would have been smashed to pieces by Gallop Champ. Of course. 
thing to say here is that his nearest rival, he's already kicked him out of the way, but he kicked him out of the way when things were a bit rosier and it wasn't three miles either. It was three and a, it was two and three quarters. So I do think Capadano's probably the most likely to take advantage if he doesn't fire. Um, look at how well that Brown advisor is working out. It's seen Dusart win the, the race at air. We've had um, Gaia de Menil, probably very, well, I think he was unlucky, probably very unlucky in the Irish National. He was coming to win the race potentially or get very close to winning it when he was cue balled going to the second last. And another horse has come out and won out of that race as well, haven't they? So it's, it's oh, a high senor, of course, who was second. There's a mm. strong piece of form that Capadano represents, and he's a true three mile proven animal, whereas Bob Ollinger isn't. I, I'm like Tony. I'll look to get Bubble and JB, and I may just back Capadano win only. Okay, Kevin Blake. Yeah, look, I'd be on the same page as the lads now. Bob Ollinger, you'd be very brave taking that price. Um, he he didn't look right at Cheltenham. We had the excuse afterwards. Um, like, like who's really... who's leading the naps table, lads? Who's leading the naps table? You piles of absolute <laughs> dog. <laughs> <laughs> dog what? I just couldn't get excited I just couldn't get excited at that price I couldn't get excited about him and I might be even inclined to give El Fury Road another chance yeah. um, like he, he got back on track there at Aintree like the markers kind of that doesn't give him any regard any time but um, the, the best of his form is, is right up there at the best of these he, he'll enjoy zipping around a, a nice ground and um, yeah just I, I, would, I wouldn't want to be laying certainly the place part of um, you know, eight to one, seven to one, right. um, and uh, even in a, a you know seven on a race, I think he's still got a great chance of getting the frame okay. at the very least. You could, lay, you could actually lay Bob Ollinger at two point two two at the time of recording. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's the, not an unattractive you've got the field player. running for you at four or five. I'll be all over. And like Kev, the way Fury Road travelled into the race at entry last time. Mm. Um, would be the one. Yeah, but if you if you okay. want to keep it simple now, like, like TC says, Lay and Bob Ballinger might be the might be the most straightforward. Okay, then TC, I want to go back to the three forty. Two quick ones to mention here before we move on to Wednesday. Uh, the three forty is the Shawaya Hurdle, two mile listed novices hurdle. Uh, Dino Blue or Dino Blue at eleven to eight. Um, she uh, was a bit disappointed last time out. You got Party Central for Gordon Elliott seven to two. Grangy, who run at Ferry, ran a Ferry House on the Sunday. In that mare's hurdle at seven to two, but that was over two and a half miles. She's back over two miles here. Bride Hill, 30 to two and seven to one bar. And um, Grangie was traveling great because I backed her that day, TC, until she just ran out of steam. Back over two miles. I'm prepared to give her another go. How do you see this race? Obviously, she obviously ran really well at Cheltenham. Um, I like the horse from that race, Party Central. I think seven to two is a fair price. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one for mine at the course. Um, very impressive. Uh, at the, uh, in that good handicap at the uh, Dublin Racing Festival. And I thought she was going to come and win that race at, at Cheltenham uh, between the last two, travelling really well. But didn't, you know, traded at 3.3 in the run, but just didn't quite get home. Um, I think back in trip on better grounds, uh, possibly more of a speed test than it was at Cheltenham. Uh, I thought she'd go very, very close. And I thought 72 was fair. Um, might end up backing her if he gets a little bit bigger on the exchange. But the one I have backed is uh, Felix Deji uh, in the handicap hurdle. Um, a 10 to 5, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Fought as 12s uh, with a sports book. Um, and I just thought that was a very fair price. They're offering an extra place, five places. Grade one winner. It, it's just like everything's, you know, it's, it's just my horse all over. It's the oldest horse in the race, but it's coming down the handicap. 
In fact, he was. This is his lowest mark he's ever been since he won the Moscow Flyer here. Uh, I think he. If you go back and have a look at his county hurdle runs and his run at Ferry House last time, where he came from the rear as he did at Cheltenham, all around or outside his shape, far better than the than the, the bare finishing position suggests. And if you go back and have a look at his form, they were both held up runs. He runs his best race when he goes from the front. Mm-hmm. Mark for 138 on a course he loves. And the course angle is very pertinent here as well. He's, he's got form figures of one, one, two, five, one, one. Yeah, he's won three times and finished second and fifth on the other occasions. The defeats were in grade one company. And one of those defeats was a second to classical dream here in 2019. So he's got loads of back form. He's got falling handicap marks. He's got great course form. Uh, and I'm willing to take a chance uh, 12 to one with those five places. Lovely, gents. We move on to Wednesday. So that's day one of Pontchartrain on Wednesday, day two. Money back special in the 520, which is the grade one three mile novice hurdle. So the staying novice hurdle division here is a nice guy, nine to four favourite. Manella Cocooner, seven to two for Willie Mullins. So he's got the front two in the market. Then you've got Journey with Me for Henry de Bromhead. Bron for Willie Mullins again, seven to one. Manella Crooner for Gordon Elliott, sevens, of course, missed at uh, Cheltenham. Uh, Bardenstown lad 10 to 1 it's how would you like about the rest here so money back is a free bet if your horse fails to place here on the Sportsbook or the exchange um, Kevin Blake you know Willie's mob handed here you are a big fan of Manella Crooner would you be prepared to give it another go at 7 to 1 here given Miss Cheltenham and all that kind of jazz or what yeah I better stick with him here I fancied him for the Albert Bartlett I fancied him again the injury didn't run him either um, hopefully he's kind of he, he missed Cheltenham due to a setback and Gordon felt that he just wasn't quite back there in time for Aintree so Hopefully he's really firing now. And um, sure, look, the, the case is really, you look back at his run at the Dublin Racing Festival, and I thought it was a lovely run. He didn't jump quite, like it wasn't, it wasn't like he jumped bad. He didn't jump quite as well as he had the time before. And I thought he was making good headway into the race when he made a mistake two out that kind of cost him two lengths at a, at a really yeah. vital stage of the race. He was left with too much to do there and finished off well, you know, getting back up the three miles, I'd say it would suit him well. Um, he's runner, run, run, one around punches down a few times. Um, and yeah, I'm just hopeful of freshness. And I like I think on his best day he 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 beat these. Um, um so look with with the added with the freshness into the mix as well. I'm hoping he's in good enough shape to to go and do the job and you're getting a fair price about him if you do fancy him. Yeah, you are absolutely so it's Manella Crooner for Kev. Tony Calvin. And if Cocooner Kev- wins, I'll claim him as well. I said Cocooner, <laughs> lads, Cocooner. Yeah. Well, just if you mumble it there, Kev, we'll give you both of them. How about that? What about you, TC? No, 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 no. Um, the nice guy was one of the few positives at Cheltenham for me. Um, Ironically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was hoping we were a bit more bigger than 9 to 4 here, but so I probably won't be backing him unless he drifts, but I had to, now, a lot of people focus on that Albert Bartlett. Say, oh, Hillcrest didn't run his race. Obviously, we had um, you know the fatal injury to, to Ginto. You can't take away. I mean, you know, the nice guy absolutely hammered that field in a very good time by five lengths and upwards. Um, mm-hmm. He's only lightly raced. Obviously, he hasn't made his debut in November. Only the four starts unbeaten. Clearly, it was going to relish a step up in tripping the Albert Bartlett, and he duly delivered. He's got a lot to like about him. But in this field, nine to four, a little bit too skinny. I'll be looking for three to one plus. If he hits that on the exchange, which he may well do, then I could be going in, not both feet, but hopping 
Okay, nice guy for Tony Calvin, sticking with him. And Dan Barber, the novice staying hurdle division. Who do you like? I like the Kakuna. Um, Ooh. Oh, he did really well at Cheltenham because he didn't get any peace on the lead. It was a slow finishing sectional. He'd been in the firing line throughout and he got picked off by Tony Calvin's namesake. Um, I like how he goes about it. His jumping's quick. He's a very exuberant horse for a stayer but he doesn't like stamina either. And he's already got a verdict over a cup. And my way of playing the race is I'm backing him primarily because I'd have made him favourite. And I'm going to keep hollow games on side as well because I think he's crying out for the trip. He was behind Manila Kuna, Kakuna and Manila Kuna at um, Dublin Racing Festival. And it looks like he didn't have many excuses on the face of him. I do think there's improvement to be found based on the way he shaped in the pipe race, stepping up to three miles. And, and that's a race that... Dis- Bar the first two, we've blown out at Aintree since, Banbridge and Cobbler's Dream. That's largely working out really well. It's been throwing up winners, and even Langadan, who got to the first, he won next time at Aintree. So uh, I like those two against the field. That's one of our stronger races of the week, really, because I think it's a fab we can get beaten that. Okay, super. Good stuff, gents. Um, then we go on to the Punchestown Gold Cup. It's uh, three miles. It's 5.55 on the card on Wednesday. Alaho, after absolutely destroying them in the Ryanair, a 15-8 to eight. Is your favourite Clande Zobo, um, who won an entry course last time round at four to one. Manelli and Doe second in the Gold Cup nine to two. Galvin six to one. Fakir Duderis has entered here, but um, we don't think he's going to go here, do we? At eleven to one. Album oh, he's, he's declared. Yeah, he's is he declared? Sorry, he is. Declared. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Eleven to one. Album photo fourteen to one. And um, how would you like about the rest, including Tornado Flyer, who TC put up in the Gold Cup? And I'm going to remind about that him about that until um, I am six feet under in the cold, cold ground. Oh, he's the Gold Cup in a minute as well, then. <laughs> right okay well sure TC you can lead us away here um, I, I'm going to I'm going to back Aloho in this even at 15 to 8 uh, I know it's obviously stepping up to 3 miles he has run over 3 miles before but he's a different horse uh, since he last tried it and I am going to be backing Aloho are you sticking with Tornado Flyer? no I, I, unless there's an extra place knocking around um, I wouldn't lay 16 so I mean obviously take out that run and he's got you know he's got a decent profile for a horse I think it's a 3 mile plus horse obviously he didn't show that in the Gold Cup but Mm. As was as was always the fear, um, and he did jump very stickily early on uh, at Kempton, but he just never got into a rhythm at Cheltenham, and you know he was he was never in the hunt there. But if he comes back to he comes back to his best, then sixteens is probably a fair fair price. Um, no, but Alaho is just it's just a brilliant race, isn't it? It really is a yeah, it, it really is a cracking one. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, he's he's one from five, isn't he, over three miles? But as you said, that was that was a while ago, uh, and he's just he's just a, such a dominant horse. I know Aplutar won the Gold Cup by fifteen lengths, but I think in terms of raw ability, I I would put Alaho up there and probably inching him. Uh, so it's 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 a very bold move, isn't it? And um, although it, in this field, it, it's got so much depth to it. I mean, if you brought it back about fifteen to eight five, but I'd probably be sitting this one out, but. But just just for the campaigning element, I'd hope Alaho wins, and obviously for your money. Yes, yeah, I, I think he will win. Dan. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's just a brilliant horse, isn't he? As Tony yeah. says, he's just he's just a complete brute. <laughs> he's got a bit of finesse to him as well. And how easy did he make that Ryanair look this season? It was just a com- a complete thrashing of not top notch horses, but pretty good ones. The one I thought might be slightly overpriced, just because he's going back right-handed, is Ken Boy, because I thought he did all right, Aintree, considering he was going right throughout. And 
I know he'd won at Ainge this in 2019 before winning at Punchestown, but he did get, give the Gold Cup winner at the, at the time album photo of a beating fair and square in this race in 2019. So he was one at a po possible at a biggish prize. But I'm a bit like Tony. I actually just want to see Alaho win because if he shows another string to his bow, bow here, I mean, bear in mind he was placed in RSA. It's not like he's completely devoid of stamina, even if he's best around two and a half. I just want to see him blasting off in front and uh, running them into the ground again because he's, he's the finest sight in racing at the minute, arguably. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, I'm with you. And Kevin Blake, Alaho, make it a hat-trick. Mm -hmm. um, no, I don't think I can. You don't think I can. Um, look, I, I had a long-standing view that he's better going left-handed. I don't think that's as true as it was, but it's probably true to some extent. Um, he used to kind of habitually jump out to his left. Um, it hasn't been as bad, but this is like he he kind of half fell in in the in the John Durkin earlier this season and. I just don't. I look that you have the trip to contend with as well. And look, he clearly stays three miles. You look back at the list of horses that have beaten him over the trip, like, and it's it's fairly illustrious company, you know, like Manelindo and um, and Champ when Champ was a good horse, and um, you know, a few others. You know, it, it, I don't want to knock him too much, but the price is short enough in what is like a brilliant renewal of this. Like, in fairness, like this division in Ireland has thrown up some proper horse races, a couple of brilliant Irish Gold Cups there the last few years, and Sabbath's chases and that. Um, they keep all knocking heads together. Um, but, you know, I'd give another chance to Manila Endo. Um, I thought he ran a great race in the Gold Cup. You know, he, he didn't get a good ride, you know, calling a spade a spade. You know, the, the, the one thing you wouldn't want Manila Endo to be is in front, um, wherever he was, kind of tree out. You know, a horse that has idled notably a number of occasions in his career. And look, I don't want to knock Robbie too much. It was just the way the race went. There wasn't much pace. He wanted to be handy on him. And the oak in front just kind of didn't carry him. But he ended up in front a mile too soon. Um, I think he's even a bit better than he showed there. I know a Plutard left him for dust, but um, Manel Endo beat the rest fairly well. And with a slightly more patient ride, I think there's more in him. And um, like he, he's been, he's, he's has no issues going this way around. And, I just I'm fine. They put a tongue tie on, which is interesting. But I'm just finding myself leaning towards him. But um, yeah, what a horse race! Can't wait to see it. Lovely. Okay, I uh, not to blow my own horn, lads, but um, uh, five timer <laughs> up at Cheltenham. We got a five timer <laughs> up at Cheltenham, and my five timer for Punchestown: Nergamines for Gerhard, Bob Alger, Alaho, and Fasil Vega to win the bumper. Tony Calvin, twenty-seven to one. It works out. Where uh, did they all have in common over that? What do they all have in common? You. They're all, they're, they're, all horses, there, they're all bloody good horses, Tony. They're all bloody good horses. When you go on checkers, you just look look at the first line and think, <laughs> why go any further? <laughs> why go any further? Listen, you come back to me when you're at minus five grand in an app. <laughs> <laughs> can, you can't eat value, eh? Hey, hey, you. You can't eat it. The you box can't eat value. Don't feed the kids, Kev. That could be a boxing <laughs> nickname, Hugh, but for when you and Kev go toe to toe, the bots. <laughs> the favourite <laughs> box or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, Vega wins the bumper. TC, I know you're a big bumper fan. Um, <laughs> I mean, all over Vega. <laughs> but look, you're the only person in the world that bets in bumpers. <laughs> if you, if you even say bumper when you're new to it, probably sounds like tumper. You're the best at the tumper. Fact. <laughs> If you back Fasil Vega on the tote, it would turn about 1.0001, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, no, no idea. I'll give you three. Obviously, I'm not tipping these up. 
because they're not yeah. even priced up. I hate, by the way, people who tip horses and don't know what the price they're tipping at. Yeah. That is, oh, that is just a tipping no-no. Unbelievable. Uh, Rock Road in the opener, very interesting. Willie Mullins horse, yeah. ten year old, hadn't run for yeah. a year. Why is he holding on to that? Mm-hmm. Phil Dickeries is going to do the business for Nicky Pajama Man Henderson. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and Anamix in the two mile five handicap chase. I'll be interesting to see what price they all opened up. Okay, excellent. Anyone oh, think that Fasio no. Vega won't win the bumper? No, are we don't. We move on to Thursday. Move on to Thursday. We all think Kev, you can stick your American mic with us, not down shine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really yeah. have a strong view here. Right. If they Dan, turn up in the yeah, same yeah. shape, they're both in and Cheltenham, he'll probably win again. But no, he's like, punching down. He's not as and, bad as uh, that guy as well. Yeah. Uh, as they say, Hugh, the graveyards of Nace are, are full of punters who went to the Punchestown Festival, expecting Cheltenham Festival form to be replicated. Yeah. I know, I know. Buyer beware and all that, but you know, uh, just stick with me, lads. It'll be all right. Okay, on to Thursday, then, gents. And um, the last we're going to talk about on this podcast, we will finish the rest of the week on, a, on another Raising Only Better. Uh, the 525 is the Labrooks Champion Stayers Hurdle. So these are entries, not decks, at the time of recording. So uh, take that into account. And again, prices have been done accordingly. Classical Dream is in here. Um, I don't know what you make of the last two runs. The Thiesti's run, the Thiesti's meeting run, obviously. And then um, at Cheltenham as well. Six to five um, at the time of recording. We have Star de Burley, who came out and won and beat Flooring Porter the last time out, much to my absolute disgust. We have the likes of Devis Coachman in here. Um, you know, uh, Concertista, the mayor is in here. The big prize, Paisley Park, has entered. We don't know if he's coming over or not, but uh, maybe he might be able to give us a better steer on that. But Classical Dream, I think, uh, Dan Barber, if, if he was entered here, would you forgive him the last two runs? Or, or, or how do you see this? Yeah, I, I didn't think it went his way. I don't know really what whether it was by accident or design, but they, they ended up riding completely differently and it allowed Florian Porter just to get that easy lead, didn't it, at Cheltenham? Yeah. I'd be surprised if they go the same way and the absence of Florian Porter is really the key thing for him because surely this is the chance for you to go back to the tactics that served you so well when you beat that horse. I mean, he won this race last year off the layoff um, and that was his first emergence as a serious candidate in the staying hurdle division. And I thought he went like the second best horse for a long way at Cheltenham. He just weakened out of it. He looked a threat at the last, but he'd passed an awful lot of horses that day on the bridle round the outside. And mm. when he landed on all fours at the last, that was the end of his challenge, really. It all rests on that soft lead, but looking through the entries at the moment, I don't see anything obvious that's going to take him on. He'll probably just be too quick for them. Drying ground around here, Racy won last year. Um, obviously, he's not so fresh this time, and that's, that remains the thing that, that puts you off backing him at a short price, but you've got to have him fab. If, if Sire de Burley runs in this, Kev, which it's probably unlikely given it's a very false cope to entry and it's a three-mile division, is not exactly like a short sprint here, would you give him a chance? I'd say they'll run him. Why not? Be last really? of the season. He'll have a long yeah. summer of grass thereafter. Should Jesus run him? That they're race horses. If he's fine, run him. Yeah. Um, and she look, he would have a solid chance. Classical dream. The question of how to ride him is interesting because obviously, like he made his name, you know, making the run and winning the supreme novice, etc. In a straight jacket. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, then he came back in this race last year and was a huge gamble. And everyone was shocked that he was like dropped in, uh, and he absolutely bolted up. And look, history tells us that it probably wasn't a very good renewal of the race, but he did bolt up. And I, I think it was deliberate. I wasn't necessarily expecting it like Dan at Cheltenham, but I think listening to him afterwards, they seem to take a view, right? We're not sure he'll get home over this course and distance if we force it to take on Thorne Porter. So we'll ride in the opposite way. And like Paul was very quiet on him and sneaked him into the race as best he can. And he didn't quite look to get home. 
So I wonder will they they might just they might just persist with the with the patient tactics would be yeah. my thought, but that's just a guess. You know, the Mullins team are capable of switching things up in fairness mm-hmm. to them. Um it's difficult race to be bullish on now, Hugh, I thought. Okay. Um, without without seeing the full lineup. But the question of what they do with classical dream tactically is probably the most intriguing aspect of it. Yep. Um Tony Calvin, have you a, a thought on this? I do. Um I think Commander of Fleet is very overpriced with the sports book at current 20 to 1. Uh, that's biggest in the marketplace. And I'm struggling to see how they get this biggest 20 to 1. Obviously, he's represents handicap form as opposed to grade one form. But mm. he is a grade one winner in the past, second in an Albert Bartlett. You know, and that Coral Cup victory came off a mark of 152. Um, yeah. So I don't know what time forms say, but I wouldn't have thought he's a million miles off the, uh, the likes of Catherine Dream on that form. So yeah, twenty to one would would very much interest me if they go down back to the grade one route with with that. So Commander of Fleet, if he gets entered and he's still around 16, 20 to one, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd probably be backing him uh, maybe each way because, like I said, Excellent. I think that handicap form is being underrepresented by the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, there's there's one for you, TC. I it only I only came across my minute ago. Name the horses that have beaten Alaho over three miles. You got Manel Indo, Champ, Plutar, Kemboy, Melon, and Commander of Fleet. Commander of Fleet. Yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. There you go. I, I was in a pub when he ran um, with the five lads. And I said, you know what? About five minutes before the off. I said, Jesus, you know what? Like, I, I, I tell you what, Commander of Fleet could run a big race here, lads. I said, what price is he? 50? Oh, Jesus, 50 to 1. Uh, did oh, I back him? Absolutely me. not. Absolutely <laughs> not. We're a pub when he won. Right, let's move on to the two-mile novice chase division, lads. Arkle horses only need apply here. You've got the likes of Blue Lord entered up, 11 to 4. Course Sublime, 12s. Elbara for uh, Willie as well as in here. Gentlemen, do me, after what he did last time, Ferry has... Um, wasn't it very nice? Very impressive. Entry. Um, sorry, entry. Saint Sam is in here. Tony, are you sticking with Saint Sam? You've been following. Oh, surely to God, you can't desert him now. I um, I didn't need to stick two fingers down my throat to be sick when this all's got broken. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's four to one with the sports book at the moment. I want bigger than that in, in a race if it if it mm. kind of like holds up here. But I did, uh, I did, I know we're obviously doing this, and I text uh, Edware earlier, say, How's the horse? And he just said, it's a very tough race. And I just said, that's not what I asked. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he just said, I said, you haven't been told, have you? And he just kind of like laughed. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like, if St. Sam would very much interest me, mm-hmm. uh, I'd want bigger than four to one uh, if that hill field uh, holds up. But yeah, I mean, like I said, we didn't know how good he could have been at Cheltenham. His excuses were going too quickly and not settling uh, previously when third uh, to Blue Lord uh, left us down. So, yeah, I might back him, but I'd, I'd, I'd probably want six to one up. Would, what, would, would we want him to go back to being a bit more aggressive on him? I know it wasn't his fault he got caught in the backwash, but... It, it all depends on, I suppose, we'll know that when uh, when they declare the headgear. Yeah, yeah and if, obviously gentle to me is a stable, mate, and he excels when he does force the pace, but... Mm-hmm. It's sort of shocking this. I can see a bit of a freak result, because... I'm still to be convinced that Gentleman Demi is that much better than Edward Stone, for instance. I mean, we've seen a lot of ancient races down the years, haven't we, that, mm. that haven't really stood the test of time because it's end of season form. And he's putting a big run there off a layoff. Will he get taken on more this time? Will he be as effective going on a different track? I think there are slight slight questions about him. Trouble being, the others, the more established Irish two-mile novices who've been running against each other, like Blue Lord, Hoton Calor, St. Sam, 
none of them have really covered themselves in glory as, as standouts, have they? So it's, it's a nasty little race. I wouldn't be surprised if Gentleman Demi got beaten. He's one of those horses who he's a win or bust customer because the way he races. And if he gets taken on, maybe he'll be more bust. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'll stick with. I would stick with Jetman Demi if he does line up here. I think that obviously that form of beating Edward Stone. I, I don't know if we can believe quite how good that was, but I still think it's the best bit of form in this one. Kevin Blake, last word to you in the novice two mile chase. I wouldn't forget about Gabby Nacko. Um, that run, that, that run slipped below the radar a small bit, I thought, at Cheltenham. They supplemented them for the article, which was punchy. Um, and they were very much vindicated now. The way he went through the race, like he went through it very strong and looked like he might go and win uh, and just found Edward Stone too good for him. Um, and I'd say that he'd be he'd be probably even a bit happier going right-handed around here. Um, speed test. Like, he looked like a horse that looked like a proper two-man. Just a wasp flying around here. And I swear to Jesus, that's I'm going to headbutt him in a minute. Um, <laughs> Who do you think you are, Daniel? Uh, it's karate kid. I've nearly missed him twice there. <laughs> Return time, lucky. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I think this two miles might just suit him now. I'd say he'd, he'd slip around there in behind the leaders, and um, he'd be fresher than a couple of these. He's just had the one run since Christmas, so yeah, he, he'd be interesting. I think. I thought, I thought okay. you were getting annoyed because your mum's turned up again. I tell you, Anne Blake was not happy about that call out. She gave me some stick over that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, all, they're all talking about me now. You, you I was only seen alone. You need to fit you need to fit a better bowl to that shed you have out the back to keep it. <laughs> um, right, gents, that's about it for the week. Then we're gonna back obviously with Friday and Saturday for um, a podcast on Thursday. We're gonna have a racing only battle, better a guinea special as well for um, next weekend, obviously, so Newmarket, we're very much looking forward to that. And um, my five-time nap again, Sir Gerhard, Ergamine, Bob Ollinger, Alaho, and Fasio Vega. If you want to throw in, if you want to throw in, Barry my price up on the Betfair Exchange or the Sportsbook there, me to take Kevin's boxing record off and throw it in for the magical <laughs> six-timer and tell you to pay for Christmas oh, for the next five years. Two bigger price for you, Hugh. Five bigger price for pay, pay for Christmas. Um, TC, we can't wait to see you for the Irish hospitality. Irish cave me the fault of a thousand welcomes. Drink us out of gin. Looking forward to my old pal. Keep well, the tea just together. Nine o'clock, so I should be in Ireland. Fantastic. Have a good one, TC. Enjoy, boys. Stuff. We've, we've, got, we've got a five-year-old child and we're going to dress him as Dan Barber. We'll feel like you're there, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're back on Thursday. We're back on Friday. Racing only better. Enjoy the week. Talk to you then. <laughs>